everyone, and uh, welcome to yet another indie game preservation uh, interview here at HitSafe. My name is Jonas Rosland. I'm the executive director here at HitSafe, and together uh, today uh, I got Math Brelsford uh, from Giant Light Studio Studios with me, and we're going to talk about a game called Betty and Earl. Um, please introduce yourself, Matt. Hello. Um, yep. So I'm Matt. I'm the kind of lead developer of this game, Betty and Earl, kind of sole developer mostly. Uh, I'm out in Western Mass. I make games and art. I'm mostly a programmer. Uh, I do a lot of contract work for other game studios. Yeah. And, and when I'm not doing that, I'm working on Betty and Earl. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we uh, we met briefly uh, over at the Boston Fig Virtual Fest that happened about two months ago now, uh, mm -hmm. and I was um, really uh, I I love the uh, the demo video that you showed for Betty and Earl. It looked like a really really charming puzzle game, so I wanted to talk to you. So we reached out, and um, yeah, I played a a very early prototype here uh, earlier today as well. And I, I'm definitely uh, interested in playing more of this. It's a super charming game, uh, very, very beautiful, uh, the, the artwork and everything. And you're the, the sole developer of this game. Is that right? Yep, that's right. I did have a little bit of help from a contract artist um, sort of about halfway through the process to get some sort of concept art done. Um, but I would say most of the artwork is my own. Um, and yeah, all of the programming, all of the game design, even now, some of the audio, which is in sort of a newer build, uh, I've done myself. Yep. Awesome. So before we dive into the, the game a bit more, I want to dive into who you are. Uh, how, how did you get here? Um, how did you get started with Betty and Earl? Sure. Okay. Uh, so I'll kind of start way back because it's sort of relevant, but I'll, I'll go a little quick. Um, so early on, you know, for as long as I can remember, I've been interested in computers. At some point when I was maybe in high school, I somehow acquired a version of Flash back when it was Macromedia Flash. Um, and I just was really, really interested in sort of programming as a creative tool. And so I did that for a little while as a hobby. Um, there's a bunch of websites. There's this one guy, a bit 101. I, Keith, I can't remember his last name, but did these sort of flash math experiments. Um, and I was really, really sort of intrigued by that. And so was always sort of a hobbyist programmer. And then I went to school as, and I, I majored in theater of all things, uh, and graduated in 2008 and graduating in 2008 was a bad idea and having a theater degree was also not especially helpful <laughs> just at any time, but especially then. Um, and I eventually kind of got back into programming because there was money there where there wasn't, you know, in theater to no one's surprise. Uh, and yeah, got in, into web development. Um, that was sort of the, the way that I was able to get a job. And so I did that for about five years did a, a bunch of web development and then kind of was dissatisfied with that. I was working at some marketing agencies and it paid well, but was not creative fulfilling or, you know, personally fulfilling. Um, and then decided to try to make the shift over to games. And I was able to do that sort of through educational games. I worked at this great studio called Fable Vision Studios out in Boston. Uh, they kind of specialize in sort of mission-driven uh, 
not just games, but games, websites, media, and stuff like that. And so I was sort of a good fit. I had some game development experience and some web development experience, and, and they liked that. And so I was able to kind of nudge my way into games. The whole time I'm sort of working in Unity as a hobbyist, making sort of, or trying to make games, doing game jams and things like that. Um, so I worked at Fable Vision for, I think, five plus years, and then at some point I decided to go out on my own. You know, I had started to do some freelance work and realized that I could just make more money and pick my projects and, and stuff like that. And even though I really loved working at Fable Vision, I decided to go full-time freelance. And- That's very brave. Yeah, I mean, I it was scary and I don't know, uh, I just had, I had a lot of sort of background, like I did enough freelance before I left that I had, you know, a good chunk of savings. Um, so I had some runway and I met with a couple of friends of mine, one who runs a studio out here, Paul Hake. And he was like, oh, if, if you want to do freelance, that's fine. You, you would be totally fine. We've got work for you right now. When can you quit your job? Like, come on, come do this freelance work. Oh, and so that great. was, it was great. And so it was a, a big relief. And, and I had another friend, Elliot Mitchell, um, who runs the Boston Unity Group, sort of say the same thing. Um, so I felt really confident about it, e even though I'm a very anxious person, um, and took the leap. And I'm so glad I did. Uh, so that was about three years ago. So I've been sort of doing Giant Light Studios full time for about three years, mostly doing contract work. Uh, so the story of Betty and Earl is, while I was working at Fable Vision, so this is five years ago now, mm -hmm. I had to learn this new tool called Phaser, which is this HTML5 game framework. And so in order to learn it for a client project, I was like, I'm just going to make sort of the simplest project I can think of. I'm going to make this sort of Sokoban style puzzle game. And so I did that. And I the way that I like to program my games is I like to sort of make everything the same type of object. Um, so this is a thing that I get from like NetHack uh, and Derek Yu, who made Spelunky also talks about this is like a shared physicality. Um, and so what I did is I made uh, my player, the kind of main player character. Um, and the goal, the same type of thing. And what I accidentally did is I didn't turn off the movement on the goal. <laughs> and so what happened is, is they were both moving at the same time based on my input. Mm -hmm. And of course that was like a bug, but I sort of stopped and, and I really love to turn bugs into features. And so I was like, okay, well, that's now the game is everything moves at the same time. Oh, that's, and, that's hilarious. Yeah. And so that's, that was really sort of the whole concept for the game. Um, just was based on this bug where I sort of forgot to do a thing. Uh, and that's that sort of, and then I, you know, I built, I don't know, maybe 30 or so levels um, in that version and was really, really happy with it. But I hated, well, there was this, I did this terrible thing to myself where I had this brilliant idea for how to like really make this the most amazing game ever. And it totally derailed the project. And, and then I kind of, paused it for maybe two, three years now, maybe longer, five years. Uh, 
And then about a year ago, um, I had some time between projects and I was like, I'm just going to pick up Betty and Earl again. I'm going to rebuild it in unity, which I'm much more familiar with. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. And, you know, that was supposed to be like a three month project, but now it's been a year and change. Um, and I'm really pleased with how it's, it's turned out. It's by far the best thing I've ever made. Um, yeah. And so here we are today. That's awesome. So you, a, a bug for another game became a feature, which then became a full game. Yep, exactly right. I, I I I love that. That's a that's a fantastic origin story. I think for yeah. for this game, yeah. um, it, it's it, it's just a super super cute game. And uh, before we dive into the the game, um, I want to show the the trailer here. Uh, sure. So we'll uh, we'll show the the trailer for everyone who's watching uh, or listening to this later. Um, please enjoy the trailer for Betty and Earl. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. Welcome back, everyone. Um, the uh, the trailer for Betty and Earl is what really grabbed me when we when we spoke at Boston Fig uh, Virtual Fest. There, it's just so darn cute. Um, and as you said, it, it's pretty simple. It's very simple to understand what's happening there. Mm -hmm. um, but as puzzle puzzle games go, they're not simple to master. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of things happening, but it's easy to understand what you're supposed to do. Um, and it's easy to work towards that goal. So I really like this. I, I love puzzle games and I'm looking forward to, uh, do a live stream in the future, uh, of Betty and Earl as well. So people can see how, how bad I am at puzzle games, uh, which is going to be fun as well. Uh, but yeah, so the, uh, Betty and Earl, um, you're planning to release it this year. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Um, yeah. So the, you know, like I was saying before the trailer, uh, it was intended to be a three month project. I've got three months off from contract work. Uh, I I've already built this game once and I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep it really simple and I'm just going to bang it out. Uh, and then of course I sort of fell in love with it and, and was like, you know what, this is actually, I think something special. And so then it was going to be sort of, I was originally going to release it, I don't know, maybe maybe around now uh, or sort of like summer of this year. But uh, my wife got pregnant, uh, which is great and very exciting. Um, but then so I sort of like prioritized making a ton of money so that I could take time off. So uh, Betty and Earl kind of was paused for a few months um, while I do a bunch of contract work. And so the, the release date is now sort of the end of this year. I would say it's 90% complete. There's like one sort of secret set of levels, not really secret, but sort of the big climax of levels at the end of the game. I'm working on those and making audio, but it's really functionally complete other than that. So it's really just content. Um, 
and then yeah hopefully around late this year we'll we'll have a full release awesome awesome um so we do have some artwork here that we want to showcase as well so we want to dig into some of the levels here um and talk about the uh the way that these are constructed mm -hmm. Yeah, so what you, um, so a lot of kind of what you're seeing now is the level select screen. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the the art with the sort of nodes on them, and then these are the the actual level levels themselves, uh, the grids with where you see Betty and Earl. Um, so I, I I'm mostly a programmer, um, and for a long time I struggled to make game art. And, and kind of really got frustrated with that. And over time, I sort of developed this approach to making my developer art actually start to look good. Um, and so you'll see all this art is just squares and circles and triangles, um, and then just like a lot of post-processing effects, right? So it's, it's really, and I actually just gave a GDC talk about this, but it's sort of like an art style that I think anyone could really adopt. Um, you know, you don't, I don't really know how to draw. I don't know how to make 3D models, uh, but I really just use squares and circles and triangles. And then, you know, I pick good colors and I, I have some tools to help me pick good colors. Um, and I, then just like circles and effects and stuff. Yeah. I, I love the color schemes here. Uh, I, I think they fit really well into the game and they're pleasant to look at. They're, yeah. uh, they're, um, in the way you do though the squares and circles and triangles and things like that it's it's easy to understand what you're supposed to do again uh it's easy to um like this piece here um you can see the kind of uh, the um the chess board pattern so it's easy to mm -hmm. kind of calculate where um mm -hmm. your your characters would end up as well as you're moving mm -hmm. them around um and yeah i i really like it i i I wanted to ask you about the textures that you're using here because there's a lot of uh, text and uh, notes and things like that, like musical mm. notations. So where where are those from? Yeah, so that's a great question. So I, yeah, um, so I mentioned that, I think I mentioned uh, that I, at some point, reached out to an artist, Helvetica Blanc on Twitter. Uh, just love their artwork. It's just really, really great. And I found her on Twitter just kind of accidentally. I, I don't, you know, one of my friends retweeted some of her work or something like that and just was totally in love with it and really felt like it was, there was sort of like a kindred spirit in terms of our art style. Um, she uses a lot of just primitive shapes. She has a ton of eyeballs everywhere, which I also do. And the so I already had a pretty strong art direction or kind of knew what I wanted, uh, but I co uh, contacted her and she made some concept art and she does this thing where she'll have sort of text cutouts sort of layered in as textures mm -hmm. and often we'll use sheet music. It's usually, it's very often um, sort of religious texts, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes from the Bible or from like Eastern texts and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and so I just was in love with that. And so in the concept work, she, she, she put a bunch of that in there and I was like, okay, great. We're doing that. Uh, so that's sort of the origin of that. And then what's a little hard to tell, there's this language called Tokipona, mm -hmm. um, which is this sort of constructed language, um, with 120 words in the entire language. Right. And that to me, and she actually told me about this language because I was thinking at the time that I wanted to use uh, what's 
what's the universal language? Uh, Esperanto. Esperanto. And I was like, oh, I've got this sort of meta puzzle, um, which I'm not going to really tell to anyone, but I need this language that will work no matter what language the, the person is playing the game in. Um, and she's like, oh, well, there's this thing called Tokipona. It's got 120 words and there's like 13 letters. And that was perfect, right? It was very minimal, kind of suited the aesthetic. And so all of the text here is actually in Tokipona. Um, and so there's these kind of like messages in here that are sort of relevant to the content of the game. And they're really sort of subtle and you wouldn't even note it, but there's a lot of stuff about sort of connection um, and being together and stuff like that, sort of the themes of Betty and Earl. So, so that's the actual text is Tokipona. And then the sheet music is just like, I found some free sheet music stock art for the most part. Um, that's yeah. awesome. So uh, uh, Tokipona, that's what we see here to the right. Yep, yep. yep. Wawa, Lilon. I, I don't even know really how to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> that's really cool. That's really, yeah. really cool. Yeah, because uh, the uh, the way it's used in these shapes, if if you remove... The, the words and the sheet music and everything it, it looks um very clean but with mm -hmm. with this added into it it definitely gives um more of a texture it, it gives you more uh, a, a more visually pleasing uh, aesthetic mm -hmm. as well so i i really really like this it, it looks really right. really cool yeah i mean you know like i was saying you know this sort of simple developer art made to look polished one of the approaches that I think really helps with that is lots of sort of full screen effects, right? Because it's very simple. It's just circles and squares and triangles and hearts in this case. Mm -hmm. um, and so finding ways to just put texture as much sort of texture on top, uh, it just goes a really long way to sort of giving it that depth to make it not feel like it's just, um, yeah, developer art um, yeah. feels more intentional and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, no, it, it, it looks fantastic. Um, did you want to talk about the uh, early prototype a bit here? Sure. Um, yeah, so let's see, what could I say? Um, yeah, so, okay. So I mentioned, you know, five years ago, I made this HTML5 phaser version of this game, the original version of the game, and for whatever reason, just abandoned it. Um, but then came back to it, and this is what the game looked like probably after about a week or two of development when I sort of restarted development in Unity. Um, and so you can see like a lot of the sort of core art direction is there. Uh, and what this uh, video is showing is, you know, the kind of main mechanic of Betty and Earl moving around the screen together, right? That's sort of the whole thing is that they're connected. Um, and they all move at the same time. Uh, the kind of epiphany or the, the kind of big thing that I got really excited about in this GIF is kind of in that break uh, between the phaser version and the Unity version, I played Baba is You. Mm. And there are a bunch of levels in Baba is You where you're controlling lots of things at the same time. And it really gave me, and this is going to sound like a little wooey, so forgive me, but I, I kind of like understood what it was like to be um, a bigger thing, right? Where like I'm controlling, so like what if I was the universe, right? And and that sort of 
clicked for me in a way where I was like, okay, I'm not actually just controlling Betty and Earl, I'm really controlling the whole universe. And so what could I do with that? And so the flames were sort of uh, an early sort of like, okay, what if I'm controlling these flames that are growing? Um, and so that's sort of the mechanic you see here. Um, yeah, but you know, again, sort of the art direction and the mechanics were already sort of in place uh, pretty early on. And so this is, I got really excited and yeah, here we are. That's awesome. Yeah. So the, as you said here, uh, as we can see, you're, you're controlling not just the characters, but other items within the world. And in, in, mm -hmm. in this case, um, fire, which is damaging, of course, to you. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that that's really cool. So the, you control, um, I wouldn't say enemies, maybe, but obstacles or or dangers. You control those two. Exactly right, and and it's I'm, I'm glad you're sort of hesitating about calling them enemies, right? Because that's sort of the the core concept here, right? Is you have these other characters or these other things in the world that in sort of a traditional video game you would totally call them enemies, but actually what happens in Betty and Earl is you kind of need them to help you get Betty and Earl back together, mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes you have these things in the way, like the flames, uh, but then you have these sort of like ice creatures in later levels that will sort of put out the flames for you. Um, or you've got these green creatures that can move and they'll pick up keys or press switches for you, right? So mm -hmm. this idea, and, and this is what it kind of means, right? To, to exist as like this sort of higher thing, um, is that the things that happen to you that are bad or difficult or challenging are actually maybe there to sort of unlock these other pathways for you. And that's sort of the, the main metaphor that we don't really talk about in Betty and Earl, but that's sort of the driving concept behind it. I, yeah. I, I like that. Um, I mean, the, we, we have turtles in, in Super Mario that you mm -hmm. stomp on and then yeah. kick them off to do, to do other things like um, extinguish other enemies or open um, uh, open blocks or things like that for you. So uh, it's a it's a really good mechanic and, and I like I like it. Right. Thanks. Yeah. The um, so how do you um, uh, I want to go back to the levels for a little bit here. Sure. How do you how do you envision the levels? How do you create these? Uh, I, I saw some other artwork that you sent over that had a ton of levels. Um, mm -hmm. How many levels are there in the game right now? You said we're, you're roughly 90% complete. Um, mm -hmm. How many levels are there? And how do you how do you start thinking about levels and, and the themes for the levels? Sure. Um, so right now there are probably 100 levels in the game, which is kind of a lot, but um, they're they're pretty bite size. Um, my goal with this game is to be a little bit more approachable. I you know I love a good really hard puzzle game, but this is sort of a little bit friendlier uh, of a puzzle game, in, or at least that's what I'm going for. And the way that I approach creating levels, um, so I Jonathan Blow, you know, created The Witness and Braid talks about this thing, um, forward game design, and I might get this wrong. I maybe haven't interpreted interpreted it incorrectly, um, but sort of my understanding of it is you kind of just create these mechanics, or you create um, 
levels and you just kind of systematically put them together, right? So if you have one enemy uh, that doesn't move, uh, you make a bunch of levels with Betty and Earl and the, the thing that doesn't move. And then if you have a level, or if you have this other mechanic with a, a creature that does move, then you make a bunch of levels with the creature that does move, and then a bunch of levels with the creature that does move and the creature that doesn't move. And you kind of sort of methodically just add them together one at a time until... And, and the way that I do it is I'm kind of dumb about it. Like, I kind of let chance play a big part in it. And then I just, I act more as a curator than a, like a creator, right? So I'm kind of just randomly trying things out. And when I discover something that's really exciting, I'm like, oh, okay, that's really good. I'm gonna, now that's a level, right? And so really I've made probably a thousand levels at this point, <laughs> but I've really only selected a hundred or so. Um, so, so that's kind of the general philosophy is kind of really just letting chance take over and randomness. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really actually hard with Betty and Earl because, because everything is connected and because everything sort of moves across the screen, or at least Betty and Earl do, a lot of the, the sort of enemy characters do as well. It can be, it's really tough to, to sort of make a level you might think you know what the solution is, but then you find, oh, there's actually this like really easy way to solve this level and that totally, then you can't, you know? Um, so it's a lot of just chance. Um, but then there's this, like I was saying, there's this sort of meta puzzle, which I'm not gonna talk about too much, but it results in, actually, I only have sort of 13 different level shapes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's maybe more than 13. Um, but so you'll see the sort of same level is reused over and over and over again, but with different characters or different starting positions, mm -hmm. uh, different obstacles and things like that. And I just really, I love that in, in kind of all media where Arrested Development, I think about a lot is a great TV show if you haven't seen it, but they will tell sort of the same joke a hundred times. Mm -hmm. But it, they'll kind of evolve it throughout the course of the show. And each time it's like, oh, it takes on this sort of new meaning or this new depth or something. And I just love that. And so that's why kind of a similar thing. I'm sort of reusing the same stuff, but putting a new twist on it every time. And, you know, um, so about halfway through, I had all of my level designs and I'm just populating it with the props that are relevant to that zone and seeing what happens. Um, and then, oh, this is an interesting level, or this is an interesting property of these mechanics when they're put together. Um, and and that's it. That's really cool. Uh, so yeah. letting chance take over as your muse, essentially. Yeah, and, and like I said, kind of just being a curator. Mm -hmm. um, I think we have so many tools nowadays, like technology really assists us. Um, and I kind of let it do its thing. So I, in a lot of them, all of my levels, I have like a randomized button where I can say, okay, these are the mechanics. These are the tiles or the locations in the level that are sort of most interesting. Um, so just randomly put a bunch of characters. And so I'll do that. I'll play the level. Is it good? No. Okay. Maybe I can shape it. Uh, or maybe I'll just randomize again. And then, yeah, I just pick the levels that are sort of most interesting. Do, do you... Um foresee you releasing a level editor for Betty and Earl in the future? We'll see. I think if if there's sort of enough, if it's popular enough, mm -hmm. definitely. 
Um, but I don't know. Um, I think I'm, I'm trying to not let myself scope creep myself out of releasing, <laughs> you know, sounds and, like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, if there's enough interest, I would love to do that. Um, but I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 No, that, I think that's fair. You, you have other things to focus on, uh, for, for sure. sure, for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, it, again, I, I think it looks really, really good. Um, and so I have a, a, a three-year-old daughter and I, we, we play puzzle games together. Uh, she okay. has, a, she has a little Kindle fire that she, and she mm -hmm. plays puzzle games on and we play together and I really like the, the simplicity, um, mm -hmm. uh, the, the block based, um, puzzle games that we play together and the, mm -hmm. um, uh, just seeing her starting like understanding how these yeah. blocks yeah. Uh, fit together and I, I see a lot of that here as well so your your um, uh, your prior experience with educational games mm -hmm. I think really shines through here too uh, yeah. and the way you present the game uh, as an approachable game something yeah. that you want people to understand quickly um, yeah, it really, really shines through here. So it it's really cool, and uh, I hope to play this with my daughter uh, in a few years when she's ready for something like this. So. Yeah, great. No, I, I'm glad you said that. I I think I I am informed a lot about how I make my games based on my time making educational software. Uh, for example, I I we made this game, and it was my first game that I uh, kind of big game where I was the lead developer on it. And we took it to um, a school to have people play test it. Oh, cool. And yeah, and it was great. It was a really good experience. The kind of core lesson that I remember taking away is that nobody, and maybe it's just kids, but I find it's true for myself. Nobody reads anything. There's absolutely <laughs> no one reads anything. They'll immediately <laughs> just button mash to get, okay, okay, I just want to play the game. And so I think that that's really true. If, if people aren't super interested in your game, they just, and even if they are, they will not read any piece of text that you put in front of them. And so I've developed this approach where it's, I will train you how to play the game through gameplay. And I think that's sort of the best way to teach a player how to play your game or get them onboarded, especially with the puzzle game where sort of learning the mechanics is the, is the joy of the game. Um, but yeah, so there's really, there's almost no text, uh, required. So even if you, if you can't read, uh, you could theoretically figure out how to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I think you're absolutely right that a lot of people just don't, don't care what's written on the screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. one of my favorite genres of games are action RPGs. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's a there's a ton of dialogue. There's a lot of information to read and mm -hmm. uh, how to understand how how different things fit together. And then I have friends who have been playing the same games that I have for hundreds of hours, and they haven't written, uh, they haven't read a single piece of paper. Uh, they're Absolutely. just looking at better stats. I'm like, okay, yep, yep that works too. Yep. Uh, while I'm 100% into the lore and I read everything, I love reading yeah. it. Uh, but I absolutely understand that that's not everyone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's that's smart. Um, teaching, teaching players how to play your game by actually playing the game. Yeah. 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 Uh, I wanted to dig into uh, some concept art that you sent over sure. as yep. well. Uh, so let's have a look here. Yeah. So um, 
I mentioned I reached out to this artist, Helvetica Blanc, um, who I just, I love her artwork. Um, check her out. She's on Twitter, Instagram. She's really just spectacular. And I kind of, on a whim, right, I, I up until this point, had never contracted an artist uh, or musician to, to help me out. I've, I've done everything solo, but I kind of finally felt like, okay, Betty and Earl is actually pretty good. I'm going to, to reach out to, to find an artist. And I was totally intimidated. Uh, you know, she's got thousands of followers, just amazing artwork and just like a real artist, I think. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I, I think she's done a little bit of game work before, but definitely like the stuff she posts is very just sort of like fine art kind of prints and stuff like that. And so, so I reached out and I was like, I'm probably not going to hear back, but what the hell. Um, so, so I reached out and she was super, you know, excited and happy to help. Um, and so I kind of described what I was looking for and she kind of just took it and ran with it. And you'll see like, there's a lot of stuff. So a lot of sort of the kind of character art and the prop art I didn't end up using. I think I wanted to stay with this sort of story of just using primary shape or primitive shapes, mm -hmm. right? Circles, squares, and triangles. And even though I think, you know, it's great. Um, what she did, it just, I wanted to be able to tell that story of like, here's a game made with just circles and squares and triangles, right? Um, so that didn't stick, but what did stick was a lot of this sort of, um, the stuff around the edges, like that sun up at the top. I really loved that sun. And so that was incorporated into the, the main level select screen. There's also like a rainbow um, and just and and obviously this sort of text overlay stuff mm -hmm. that shows up a lot and and the moon uh so this was a really useful and valuable experience even though i didn't really end up using a lot of sort of like i didn't sort of take it one for one but it really really inspired a lot of the 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 work that ultimately went in there and you know sort of one of the things you know these flowers um yeah the the sheet music uh, and this idea of of sort of light backgrounds uh, up until that point, everything was sort of in this black void. And she kind of showed me like, oh, it could actually look really nice in this other sort of approach. And and here's one where I, I took it almost one for one. This sort of you know the chopped up sheet music, the eye. Here's another one that I took almost one for one. That sun up at the top and the rainbow and stuff like that. Um, it, it it's yeah. beautiful and. and um... Yeah, it, if you just had uh, a blank uh, page um, mm -hmm. with, with no no things around it, it would be again a lot cleaner, of course, but it mm -hmm. wouldn't feel as as inviting, I think. Um, yeah. So I, I yeah I definitely like this. Uh, I, I I think the art style is just amazing. Um, yeah. And yeah, I can definitely see you taking inspiration for uh, from this and then mm -hmm. making it into your own thing. Uh, it this concept art is just gorgeous. Yeah, um, everyone. Well, I don't know how busy she is these days, but uh, she was great to work with. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, I, I'm gonna try. You know, on my next project, I'll probably reach out because yeah, this was so helpful. Yeah. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, uh, I wanted to dig into one last piece of art that you sent over, which is the uh, the marketing concept. Sure. Uh, tell me a bit about what we're seeing here. Yeah, so um, so I reached out for the concept art, and then some months pass, and I'm getting ready to put the game up 
uh, on Steam. And you have to come up with all this sort of marketing collateral for Steam. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to Helvetica Blanc. Eden uh, is her name. And ask her for some help. Um, and so she's. I, I sent over sort of, again, some instructions. One of the things, you know, that's really important to me is that you, from looking at this sort of, this artwork, that you know it's a puzzle game. And that you know, or you, you maybe start to get an idea of this sort of connection thing. Um, and so that and the ampersand is actually sort of like a really important, does a lot of work here. Um, and then the key is, was sort of like, okay, to me, the key reads as this is a puzzle game, mm -hmm. right? And so what you see here is really just the, basically the concept are, are sort of the really rough mock-ups for the Steam marketing artwork that eventually got turned into something better. And, and most of these don't get used at all. So the, uh, the one with the eyeballs in a circle, that one's really important. So there's this kind of, like I was saying, this sort of meta concept. Um, I don't know if you know what the, there's this certain type of angel that is described in the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's an orifim or something like that, but it's a, like, basically these giant rings of eyeballs, like this totally trippy, weird uh, creature. You can look it up in Google. Um, and... I, I've seen a few renders of that lately and yeah. they're, they're amazing and terrifying. Yeah, exactly. And so that's actually like behind the scenes, that's sort of what Betty and Earl is, right? There are these eyeballs that are actually all connected. Um, and so that's sort of one concept that we don't really talk about it in the game, but that's sort of going on behind the scenes is that really it's this sort of connection of eyeballs. And so that circle of eyeballs is sort of a hint of that. Um, the grid is also sort of another thing that maybe hints at a puzzle game. Um, but ultimately we ended up with this one that's sort of just a two by two grid of squares. There's a key, there's a triangle with an eyeball in it. Um, yeah, but th this is just sort of early concept art for the marketing material. This is awesome. Um, the, uh, the game itself, so you, um, are you having place to uh, play testers right now for the game or, or how are you, uh, how are you going through like the development cycle right now? What, what does it look like? Yeah. Um, so I've done a lot of play testing, um, and I'm very careful about my play testing about using play testers because you can only get a first impression once and you can really, you know, and so that's really, really important to me. And so I've kind of taken it slow in sort of small batches. Um, right now I'm sort of at a stage where I'm just trying to build the last chunk of levels. I need to do a little bit more music. Um, and I don't know, in the next three months or so, I think I should have, the game is sort of like done or at least, you know, alpha done or beta done, whatever that means. Um, and at that point I'll do a lot of play testing. I think it's tough. One of the things that I found is there's sort of this one group of puzzle game players who really like like a really hard puzzle game, right? Mm -hmm. Like people who like Baba's You, Steven Sausage Roll, Braid, The Witness. And I'm sort of one of those people. 
Um, and so the community that I go to, there's this great Discord community called like the Thinky Puzzle Game Community. It's by the Drakneck people um, who make great puzzle games. But that community I find just really likes a really like hard, really intense puzzle game. And Betty Neural is not quite that. Like it is a puzzle game for sure, but it's a little bit lighter. Um, and I think it's a little bit, it's definitely not a casual game, but it's just a little bit more approachable and friendly. And so I'm trying to find the right audience for it still. Um, and maybe that will happen, maybe it won't. But you know, from the people who really like love puzzle games, Benny Neural is maybe a little easy for them. And so I'm trying to find sort of that middle ground of people who maybe aren't traditionally puzzle game players, but are attracted to Benny Neural for the, the art or just the kind of message behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm trying to find that. So, so play testing for me right now is really trying to find that audience so that I know where to spend my marketing efforts and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so it's mostly development right now. In the next three months, I'll do a more serious round of play testing. Uh, and then it'll just be polish and marketing and polish and polish and polish <laughs> till the end of the year, basically. Yeah. Awesome. Are you, are you looking to um, have Betty and Earl shown at any conferences in the near future here throughout the year? Now, now um, that conferences are starting to happen, in, uh, happen again? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, kind of the original release cycle was was sort of aimed at okay i'll have the game pretty well done for gdc and pax east mm -hmm. um and I, I probably wasn't going to table but it's tough and so i you know even though i talked at gdc at once they had accepted me they were sort of like okay but you need to let us know by like january i think it was like late january whether or not you want to come out here and give the talk in person and i at that point, you know, COVID was still sort of going strong and I wasn't sure. So I, I said, no, I'm going to have to give it remote. And I, I don't know if I regret that um, because, yeah, conferences are starting up again. Mm -hmm. But so there's no plans for that. You know, I have a, a baby on the way. So that's certainly going to make it tough for me to travel or do anything like that. For sure. But if there are virtual conferences, I, I likely will. If you are running a conference out there and you're looking for someone to showcase your game, uh, uh, for games to showcase, I would love to be a part of it. Um, but I probably won't do anything in person. Yeah. 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 I, I totally get that. I totally get that. Yeah. So you heard it. Um, conference and, and meetup organizers, uh, if you yeah. want uh, another game to be displayed, uh, Betty and Earl is here for you. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, uh, I want to uh, kind of wrap up. Um, I think the uh, the game itself is looking stunning. Uh, I think it's it's super super fun. And um, uh, do you do you think you'll have like a demo out? You you said it'll be like beta ish mm -hmm. this summer. Do you think you'll have a public beta uh, public demo out or something like that uh, at that time or maybe later this fall? Um, yeah. Oh, well, so one thing that I'm planning to do is the Steam Next Fest, um, not mm. in June, but they'll likely, they, it, they seem to be doing one almost every three months now. Um, so I'll, I'll try to get into the, the, the one after June, which would be maybe September. Um, so I'll, 
probably try to do that. And as a part of that, I will likely have a public demo. If people are interested in trying the game right now, I do have a demo available, but not in any sort of easy to access way. So just message me on Twitter. I'm at giant underscore light. Uh, and I'd be happy to share a link if you're, if you're really curious. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll likely have a public demo, um, but probably not until the game is like done, done. Yeah, that, that, that sounds, that sounds good. Um, yeah. So you already mentioned Twitter, uh, but where can people find more about, uh, Betty and Earl? Where can people reach out to you? Where can people find you on the interwebs? Sure. Um, yeah, so probably the best place to reach me is on Twitter. So my Twitter name is at giant underscore light, as in giant light studios. Um, so that's probably the best way to get in touch with me. If you're interested in learning more about either me or Betty and Earl, you could check out giantlightstudios.com. It's all one word. Uh, and you can check out Betty and Earl is on Steam right now. So you can go watch the trailer again. There's a bunch of screenshots and, you know, text describing the game. So you could uh, check it out on Steam if you just search for Betty and Earl Steam. And wishlist it on Steam? Yes, please wishlist it. Wishlists are super important. Um, so yeah, please check it out and wishlist. Um, yeah, those are, that's probably the best way to, to learn more about me or or the game. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. And yeah, I'm Jonas Rosslin here with HitSave. Uh, you can find more information about us over at hitsave.org. Uh, and me, I'm at Jonas Rosland uh, on Twitter and on Discord and everywhere else. Uh, I want to thank you so much, Matt. This has been super, super fun. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to the release of this game. Uh, definitely wish listing it on Steam. Um, and yeah, just really looking forward to this. Thank you so much for, for your time today. And thank you everyone who's been watching and listening. Have a fantastic rest of the week and uh, we'll see you all soon. Thanks, Jonas. Thanks for having me.